back to school is as easy as one, two, three, go! With Super Value Online Shopping, save over 65 euro on your weekly family shop by shopping our own brand low prices range, over 2,000 weekly special offers and using your weekly money off vouchers. It's that easy. Shop online today at supervalue.ie and click and collect from your local store at a time that suits you. Super Value makes saving money as easy as one, two, three, I like that. You've heard Jack Benny, Amos and Andy, Bergen and McCarthy. Still waiting to entertain you on CBS are Rocky Jordan, Horace Height, Dick Hames and Joe Stafford, our Miss Brooks, The Whistler, and Red Skelton. Now Del Monte Foods brings you a world of adventure with... Rocky Jordan. Well, Jordan, I see you have found a cool place under the ceiling fan. Hi, Sam. And what brings the pride of the Cairo police force to the tambourine? Need I have a reason? No, of course not. Have a chair. Thank you. Just for a moment. Uh, the Nile rises well. Oh, that's interesting. What else is on your mind? Oh, it is only that I have not seen you in many days. A strange calm seems to have settled over your life. I'd say that's your good luck. <laughs> Perhaps. However, for one such as you who thrives on excitement and adventure, life must become a bit uh, restive, shall we say? Shall we? Oh, I hadn't noticed. <laughs> oh, incidentally, your bartender, Chris, handles things quite capably here. Uh, should you be away? <laughs> All right, Sam, what's it about? I'm merely wondering if for once you would be interested in adventure only for adventure's sake. What do you got in mind? A great deal, Jordan. Now, about this prospective adventure. Does it interest you? Uh, it might. Why? I thought it would. Come with me. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Yes, Del Monte, the best-liked brand of canned fruits and vegetables in the whole wide world takes you now to the Café Tambourine in Cairo, gateway to the ancient east, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against a backdrop of antiquity. Tonight's Rocky Jordan story, Adventure in Zakazik. Desert heat had settled down like a tent over Cairo, and the big fan on my tambourine ceiling had been doing plenty of overtime, with me under it. That's when Captain Sam Sabaya of the Cairo police had come in with a lot of talk about adventure for adventure's sake. He had me interested. We got in his limousine, and he switched back to the standard topic of conversation in Egypt, the flow of the Nile River, till he pulled up at the internal security building in the government center. Inside, he picked a door that said Baladi Bay, Sam introduced me to the chubby man behind the desk. We sat down, and the bay looked me over real carefully. Well, Captain, this man is desert-wise. He is, Baladi Bay. This man knows little fear. Such is my observation. Good. Mr. Jordan, what I'm about to say is confidential. If you are interested, excellent. If not, that is your prerogative. But nothing is to be repeated after you leave here. You understand? Only that much so far. Very well. Our problem... Is one of robbery, not of money, sir, but of valuable medical supplies. Oh, somebody must be pretty sick. 
Please realize, Mr. Jordan, while medicines such as penicillin are plentiful in your country, they are extremely rare throughout the Middle East and sorely needed. Oh, sure, I follow. Go on, Bloody Bay. Repeatedly, shipments of the supplies have been raided and stolen after reaching Egypt. The loss already amounts to well over $10,000 in market value. But worth a lot more on the black market. As you say, they could bring five times, perhaps ten times, their original price. Now, we do not know who is involved, but we have a feeling that the center of operations is... I will uh, show you here on the world map. The little town of Zakazik, located here, north and east on the delta at important crossroads. The uh, stolen supplies are probably hidden somewhere near there. All right, let's get right to the point, Baladi Bay. Very well. An American en route to Zakazik has just been arrested by our customs officials. His name is Harry Evans. Am I supposed to know him? No. But we believe that he had made previous arrangements to purchase the black market supplies there. This is our chance to uncover the entire ring. Yeah. I'm beginning to get it, but you tell me. We want you, Mr. Jordan, to go to Zakazik in Mr. Evans' place. Look, Baladi Bay, you got men to handle that kind of a job? Unfortunately, there is uh, no time for us to get a regular police agent, an American, such as you. Mr. Evans is due to arrive in Zakazik early tomorrow morning. And all you want me to do is walk in and convince everybody that I'm Harry Evans, just like that, huh? It is our opinion that they have never seen him in person. But even so, it will be a distinct risk on your part. Well, that's one way of putting it. The black market ring is well organized and dangerous. Make no mistake about that. But it must be uncovered and broken. Well, Mr. Jordan? I'll think about it. You must realize that an immediate decision is necessary. I will give you a short moment. Again, I repeat, it is entirely up to you. Sam, what do you get me into? If you wish to say no, Jordan... How does a guy say no to a request like that? I can't and you know it. Is that your answer, then? Well, it's not that simple, Sam. Anyhow, how will I make contact? The sellers will undoubtedly approach you. Uh, supposing they do. What about the buying? You will be supplied with $35,000 in American money. Marked, of course, for later identification. And what then? What if they ask how I'll get the stuff out? Tell them you have a plane waiting nearby to fly the medicines into Arabia. And what's my contact with you or Baladi Bay? A water seller will be stationed for that purpose in front of the Suez Hotel, where Mr. Evans has his reservation. I will be at the hotel in Sholem Mineral Springs, about 30 kilometers from Zokazik, ostensibly on vacation. Yeah, you've thought of everything, haven't you? We hope so. Will you do what he asks then, Jordan? Yeah, all right, Sam. What other choice have I got? Well, I won't uh, take no for an answer. Whatever you have to do here, you can do at our table. I think I get what you mean. All right, Miss Bundy. Oh, now that's more like it, Mister. Uh, oh dear, silly of me! I didn't even get your name. Uh, Evans, Harry Evans. Harry Evans, what a nice name! I am Mrs. Bundy. Uh, oh, but I, I told you that, didn't well, I? Well, 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 my dear. No, 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 no! Don't anybody get up, Jeffrey, darling. I want you to meet Mister Evans. How do you do, Mister Evans? Fine, thank you, Mister Bundy. And this is Achman Bay, Mayor of Zakazik, and Kemal Bay. Agricultural supervisor for this district. How do you do, gentlemen? Now, let's all of us sit down and enjoy ourselves. Huh? Well, it's great to see a fellow American again, Mr. Evans. Just passing through, I presume. Well, as a matter no, no, of fact... No, 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 no. Everybody keep quiet while Mr. Evans tells us all about New York. You'll do that, won't you, Mr. Evans? 
Well, I'll tell you what I can. It's been quite a while. Oh, dear, I miss New York so much. Egypt isn't the same. Cotton, cotton, nothing but yes, cotton. Yes, cotton, Mr. Cotton. Evans, long staple. Fairly profitable, I might say. What is your line? Well, right at the moment, Mr. Oh, Bundy, business, I... business, busy. You men can talk about that tonight. Tonight? Oh, didn't I tell you about the party at our house? Just a few friends. Camel Bay and Achman Bay are coming, aren't you, dears? Oh, of course you are. Join us by all means, Mr. Evans. Yes. Nine o'clock sharp. Uh, well, I'll make it if I can. Now, if you'll all excuse oh, me. Of course, dear boy, run along. But remember tonight, you can tell us more about New York. I decided this wasn't the contact. Not in that kind of company. So I waited some more, just long enough to get through the lobby, up the stairs, and down the hall to my room. Come in, Evans. Shut the door. It was the heavy-set Turk I'd spotted down in the restaurant. The girl wasn't with him now, but a squirrel-eyed guy who played with knives was. He put his back to the door as I went in. Just to ensure a quiet talk, Kevin. Is your friend talked to? Yes, as you can see, he has a very uh, sharp tongue. Now, we don't need any rough stuff. Let's get on with it. Get on with what? You came here, you name it. I always like to make sure... First, we will look at your credentials. Because of the murder of Sheriff Guthrie, all subjects in this case were turned over to state authorities and received long prison sentences. Because the records sent to your FBI by local police departments do not always list the names of officers killed in the line of duty... It is impossible to pay individual respects to those brave men. However, on this Memorial Day, the Federal Bureau of Investigation wishes to take this opportunity to do homage to every law enforcement officer who throughout the years has lost his life, including these 16 FBI special agents, Edwin C. Shanahan, Paul E. Reynolds, Albert L. Ingle, Raymond J. Caffrey, Rupert B. Surat, W. Carter Baum, Samuel P. Cowley, Herman E. Hollis, Nelson B. Klein, Wimberly W. Baker, Truett E. Rowe, William R. Ramsey, Jr., Hubert J. Tracy, Jr., Percy E. Foxworth, Harold D. Haberfield, J. Cordes Delworth. May they rest in peace. Did you know that very few people know how to make the best use of their money? Well, it's true. People spend too much time worrying about how to get more money than how to make the best use of what they have. Now, there is one man who can help you make every dollar count. He is your local Equitable Society agent. He is ready at any time and without obligation to you to help you plan for future security and peace of mind. Simply consult your local telephone directory for the name of your local representative of the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. Next week, we will dramatize another case from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Its subject, Interstate Transportation of Gambling Devices. Its title, Jackpot. 
The incidents used in tonight's Equitable Life Assurance Society's broadcast are adapted from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. However, all names used are fictitious, and any similarity thereof to the names of places or persons, living or dead, is accidental. Tonight, the music was composed and conducted by Frederick Steiner. The author was Jerry D. Lewis. Your narrator was William Woodson. Others in the cast were Newton Arnold, Billy Hallop, Lamont Johnson, Charlotte Lawrence, Tom Tully, and Carlton Young. This is your FBI is a Jerry Devine production. This is Larry Keating speaking for the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community and inviting you to tune in again next week at the same time when the Equitable Life Assurance Society will bring you another thrilling transcribed story from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Jackpot on This Is Your FBI. Stay tuned for the adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. There's fun for the whole family when Ozzie and Harriet come your way next. This program came to you from Hollywood. Camel album singing inserts for second commercial for April 25th, Diamond. Robert Young would walk a mile for camels and with haste. For he smoked camels quite a while. They suit his throat and taste. Camels, smoke camels, and see how mild a cigarette can be. Patron kid? Yeah. Mind if I join you? No. Oh, what's the matter? You act like you've got the downsies, kid. Bert, do me a favor. Don't call me kid. Okay. Let's have a drink. Sure. Waiter? Yeah? Bring me another double. What do you have, Bert? Just a beer. Coming right up. Hey, what's with the doubles? You trying to drown something? Well, yes. What is it? It is. With the death of the water cellar, my one contact with Sam Sabaya was gone. Del Monte Foods is presenting tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan. Out here in the West, you folks are so used to getting big, plump tomatoes, so ripe and good, it's only to be expected that you'd want your tomato juice to have that same kind of rich flavor and fine, refreshing tang. That must be why Del Monte tomato juice is so popular with us Westerners, Larry. It has such a fresh, natural taste. Yes, it only takes one good taste of Del Monte tomato juice to tell you it's really something out of the ordinary. Del Monte chooses only the juiciest and most delicious of vine-ripened tomatoes. That goes without saying. And the secret of that amazingly fresh taste is close quality control. Quality control no one without Del Monte's experience and facilities could even hope to match. But don't take my word for it. Try Del Monte tomato juice yourself. Well, all I know is it certainly doesn't take any coaxing to get the family to drink big glasses of tomato juice when it's Del Monte. You'll be drinking more of this healthful juice, and you'll enjoy it more, too, once you start buying Del Monte tomato juice. So stock up with plenty. You'll need it. And now we take you back to Cairo and tonight's Rocky Jordan story, Adventure in Zakazik.
They called me Harry Evans in Zaka Zeke. But now I wondered if the wrong people knew who I really was. The water cellar had made a fatal slip, and maybe I was next. Back in my room at the hotel, I had a look at the key the water cellar had placed in my hand. It had a big drop-in-the-mailbox tag attached with the app. I bought a truckload of electric blankets last July. Nobody needed blankets then. I paid five bucks apiece for them. Now it's wintertime. I sold them yesterday to Harry Jenkins for 20 A profit of $15 a blanket. Now, is that a bad deal? No, sir. Well, there's lots of things about this business that would appeal to you if you'd only get interested. And don't feel badly about the other thing. Some people just can't be free. You're one of them. It's nothing against you. It's like some people can't swim. You understand? Yes, sir. Now, run along. I've got work here to do. Yes, sir. Hello. Uh, hi, Harry. Uh, huh? What? Well, that can't be. Yeah. Yes, I see. Look up. I'll call you back. Eddie. Yeah? Come here. What is it? That was the guy who bought the blankets. Blankets I kept for six months till I could make a profit on them. I get paid, I deliver them, and what happens? You ruin the whole deal. Me, Pop? What do you mean? He paid me for electric blankets, and he winds up with a truckload of chocolate marshmallow cookies. Turn in just a moment to tonight's exciting case from the official files of your FBI. Now a quick interview with a man who's looking as pleased as if he's just heard that his ticket won a sweepstakes. Tom, I hear you discovered how to get rid of a ten-year worry in ten minutes flat. Well, that's true, Mr. Keating. And all it cost me to do that was a penny postcard. I wrote to an equitable representative and asked him for the fact-finding chart for fathers and mothers. Before we go any further, Tom, let me tell our audience just what this fact-finding chart is. It was created by the Equitable Society to answer a question that most fathers ask themselves again and again. That question is, if I die before my children have finished high school, what happens? How much money will my wife need to take care of those kids properly? I guess every father who really loves his family knows how that thought haunts you. But once a man gets hold of this fact-finding chart for fathers and mothers, his haunted days are over. It gives you a sound and reliable basis for figuring up the minimum income your family would need to carry on without you. Every item, food, rent, clothes, amusements, and so on, is provided for. And every step of the way is made clear by simple, easy-to-understand pictures. Well, after my wife and I filled in the chart, it turned out that I'd been worrying over a problem that wasn't really too hard to lick. With my Social Security and the life insurance I already owned, only a moderate amount of additional insurance protection was necessary. My equitable rep representative worked out the whole thing for me. Uh, just one thing more, Tom. How much did you pay for the fact-finding chart? Pay? Why, it was free. Yes, this chart is just one of many services... Available from the Equitable Life Assurance Society. It costs you nothing and does not obligate you in any way. Just drop a hint to any representative of the Equitable Society, and he'll be glad to see that you get a copy. Or send a postcard, care of this ABC station, 
to the Equitable Life Assurance Society. That's spelled E-Q-U-I-T-A-B-L-E. The Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. Quit you. Not you. Um, you can tell me something. Why is Gino taking his time about selling? It is his way. He will toy with you for a day or two, observe your movements, and then approach you for the sale. Yeah. But your help for me had better come before that time. Oh, Mr. Evans, there you are, you dear boy. Uh, 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 Miss Hassan, this is uh, Mr. and Mrs. Bundy. How do you do? You're coming to my party now, aren't you? Please do, old boy. Just a quiet affair. We'd like to have you. Bring the young lady along if you like. Well, I'm afraid I won't be able to make it, Mrs. Bundy. Sorry. Oh, don't apologize. We understand. Oh, oh, Jeffrey, somebody dropped a key on the floor. Uh, pick it up, why don't you? Well, if you like, my dear. Yes. Hey, Art says the Sholem Springs Hotel. Return postage guaranteed. Is this yours, Mr. Evans? Of course it isn't his, Jeffrey. Can't you see he's staying here? Oh. We can drop the key in the mailbox on our way out. Very well, my dear. Come along. We'll see you later, Mr. Evans. Yeah, sure. And I will see you later, too. Will I not, Mr. Evans? I didn't answer. Rhonda finished her drink and went out, and I sat there trying to figure her. Maybe she was just Gino's way of toying with me. Maybe a lot more. Anyhow, Mrs. Bundy had taken care of my mailing problem. Then came more waiting. Just before bank closing time the next day, I decided to get the dollar bills changed for pounds, with Gino's squirrel-eyed friend hovering always in the background. But no word from Gino or Sam. A third day came, and it was getting monotonous with a feeling everything was closing in, not just the heat now. In the evening, I went out on the street with a breath of air. Ah, Effendi, the shoes hold the sand of the desert. For a little bakshish, I will shine them like silver. Oh, not this time, Imshi. Please, Effendi, for bakshish, I shine the shoes or serve in whatever way I am needed. Two piastres. Make it quick. As you say, sir. You do something besides shine shoes? Keep the eyes from my face, Mr. Jordan. I do not wish to suffer the fate of the poor water. From Hollywood, it's time now for Edmund O'Brien as... Johnny Dollar. We're ready on your call to Boston. Go ahead, please. Hello? Yes? Mr. Semplin, this is Johnny Dollar. Johnny Dollar? I don't believe I remember you, Mr. Dollar. Well, we've never met. Your company hired me here in Hartford to investigate the Joan Sebastian death. Oh? Sorry that they didn't advise me. Well, they probably will. I called you to find out the name of the officer in charge of the case, if I could. It's a uh, Lieutenant De Rosa. De Rosa. Do you happen to know what their theory is, if any? Theory? I don't think they've arrived at a definite theory. Still a toss-up between murder and suicide, huh? Okay, Mr. Semplin. I'll be in touch. Edmund O'Brien in a transcribed adventure of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Home Office, Corinthian Life Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of expenditures during my investigation of the Joan Sebastian matter. Expense account item one, 175, phone call to Boston, advising your manager there of my assignment. Item two, $28, car rental and mileage from my Hartford apartment to police headquarters, Boston. Hello? 
What's the matter, Dollar? Don't you trust us? Well, it's not up to me to mistrust you, Lieutenant. These insurance people get uneasy when there's a choice between suicide and murder, unless the murder motive is the policy. And you don't think there's a chance of that? I wouldn't say definitely not, but the Sebastian girl made her mother her beneficiary, and her mother's an invalid in a rest home. Did, uh, did you know the mother has taken up with an old flame? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah, goes to see her a couple, three times a week. Crazier things have happened. I'll uh, get the fire for you. Sit down. Now, uh, this is all we've got so far, pending the coroner's inquest and the autopsy report. Here's a photo of where she was found. Ah, shallow water. That's the bridge? Uh-huh. Ah, she was lying right about there. But I don't think you have to worry about suicide, Dollar. As far as I'm concerned, it wasn't. Hmm. I'll buy that, too. I wouldn't say this bridge is a suicide type. It's too low. Yeah, yeah. And there's another thing. I've been on the force for more years than I like to count, and I've run into my share of suicides. But I've never known a woman to do it that way without taking off her coat. Oh? Yeah, usually shoes, too. I've learned that's part of a generally accepted pattern. The Sebastian girl didn't fit the pattern, huh? Yeah, here's, uh, here's the way she looked. Coat on, belt still tied. Shoes. Her purse is still missing. We're searching the stream for it. How old was she? 21. She's a beautiful girl. Yeah, I noticed that. I try not to, but with her, I couldn't help it. How much questioning have you done, Lieutenant? Oh, not as much as we'll do after the inquest. When will that be? Day after tomorrow. Do you want anything more here? No, thanks. I'll, uh, I'll give you the background we have on her. It's in my office. I won't bother any more, Lieutenant DeRosa. Besides, I like to dig up backgrounds myself. I know them better if I do. Thanks a lot for your cooperation. I drove out to the stream where they'd found the girl's body, and there chalked up another point against her death being a suicide. The bridge from which she had dropped was a good four miles from town. On the assumption that she'd been brought there in a car, the placement of a body in regard to the two lanes on the bridge made it look as if the car was going toward Boston, not away from it. Five minutes later, I was heading the same way. Mary O'Neill? Yes. The manager suggested I come up. He told me you shared this apartment with Joan Sebastian. That's right. Who are you? My name's Dollar. I'm from her insurance company. I'd like to talk to you about her if I could. Well, I suppose so, but there's nothing I can do now. This is the biggest shock I've ever had. Now, he said there'd be trouble. But I, I, I never thought she'd do anything like this. Maybe she didn't. What's that supposed to mean? Well, there are signs that say maybe she didn't commit suicide. There are? Do you think she had any reason to? Well, that's what I said. I never thought she would. Sit down. Any place. Thanks. Poor little Joan. What does it mean? I'm not sure. Did you say you expected trouble? Oh, yeah, I kept telling her. It was the way she went, like she couldn't live fast enough, like, like there wasn't time to get everything done. She'd been like that ever since she got rid... I mean, her mother went into that hospital. Joni was all tied down taking care of her before. What could have caused the trouble? Well, I, I'm not saying she was wrong or anything, but... Well, there were too many men. I imagine that was easy for her. Sure was. Too easy. 
Do you mind telling me who they were? Well, I, I don't know. Only only about one. Harold Corey. He's gone with us the longest. Harold Corey. Yes, he drives for the North American van lines. Sometimes he goes way out to the West Coast. And, well, while he was gone, Joni didn't stay home and catch up on a reading. If you know what I mean. I think I do. She went out with a different guy almost every night. I didn't pry, but she she never tell me who they were. You think somebody killed her, don't you? Would you help me try to find out? What could I do? You didn't want to pry, but I get paid to. I'd like to look at her things. Well, I suppose it's my duty, sort of, isn't it? In a way, yeah. But I can't force you to. Oh, I, I know it's a thing to do. Some of her drawers are locked, but I'll, I'll show you what I can. I started on the locked dresser drawers. They gave up and opened after a brief struggle, but contained on the whole things that might normally be locked up because of their value. Imported perfumes, expensive lingerie, and some jewelry. The only thing that looked as if it might have been hidden for the sake of secrecy was under the jewel box. It was a gold key, a functional house-type key, but with meaning added because the head of the key was heart-shaped. It hung from a fine gold chain. Well, I never saw that before. Never saw the perfume before either, but I smelled it. That's a few hundred dollars worth of scent. And the rest of it was, uh... Was Joan used to such expensive things? Well, not that I know about. Harold Corey sure couldn't shell out that kind of money. Heart-shaped key. That's cozy. I'd like to keep it if I could. Oh, I, I don't know about that. After all, it isn't mine. I might get into trouble. You won't, I promise you. I'm working with the police on this thing. I want to find out where it was made if I can and who ordered it. Oh, I get it. Sure, I, I wouldn't stop you from doing that, even if I could. North American Van Lines. I wonder if I could get some information about a driver of yours, Harold Corey. I phoned his home and couldn't get him. Is he out of town? Uh, just a second. Uh, yeah, Harold Corey's on a run to Philadelphia. Oh, when's he due back? He's uh, doing tonight, about. Uh... Or about 3 a.m. tomorrow morning. Thanks very much. Expense account item three, seven dollars, drinks and dinner after I checked into the Bristol Hotel. Item four, a nickel. Phone call to Joan Sebastian's employer. Edward Hollis was at home and would see me. Dollar. We may as well be comfortable. It's nice of you to see me, Mr. Hollis. I thought it'd be better to do it this way rather than bother you at work. Of course, and I appreciate it. The atmosphere at the office has been gloomy enough. Oh, uh, this is Mrs. Hollis, Mr. Dollar. Oh, how do you do? Quite well, thank you. I didn't know the poor girl, but it's a dreadful thing. Yes, I'm afraid it is. They don't understand. A young girl like that with everything to live for. Well, it, it may be even worse than that. Worse? How could it be worse? It looks more and more like her death was not a suicide. Oh, Mr. Dollar. I didn't mention it on the phone. The, the police think it was murder, though, and so do I. I thought it'd be better to save the blow until I got out here. You know, murder's pretty messy. Well, this is a shock. I, I suppose I could be dragged into a courtroom along with everybody else who knew her. Edward. Uh, Beatrice, uh, you run along upstairs. 
There's no reason for your going through this. All right, Hedrick. I think I'd rather. Good night, Mr. Dollar. Good night. I'm sorry, but it couldn't be helped. Of course it couldn't. I understand. I'll make this as fast as possible, Mr. Hollis. I don't know how much you knew about Joan Sebastian's private life. I knew nothing. I have a number of girls in the office, and it's been my philosophy to remember that not too long ago, I was as young as they are. As long as they do their work well, I ask no questions. As a matter of fact, I have no right to. Sure. From what I've gathered, she was mixed up emotionally. She hadn't had much freedom because of an invalid mother she took care of. Oh, I did know that. When the mother went to a hospital, Joan began to make up for lost time. She led her friends to believe that she ran around with a lot of men. But I don't believe that. Oh? I think it was one man. Would you give me the names of the girls she worked with? I'd like to talk to them and find out if something may have come out over lunch or cocktails. Yes, I... I'd rather my staff wasn't upset too much, but uh, I'll tell you. Uh, you'll want to question them separately? That's right. And I could give you the names now, but uh, if you'll phone me at the office in the morning, I'll give you their addresses and phone numbers. That would help. Uh, good. You can call any time after 9.30. I called the next morning and got a list of six feminine names, which I pocketed for later reference. And at 10.30, I was at the home of Harold Corey, a ground-floor apartment on Hemingway Street. Yeah, who is it? My name is Dollar. Come later, will you? I don't want to talk to anybody right now. I'm an insurance investigator. I want to talk to you about Joan Sebastian. Who have you talked to? Why did she do it? She didn't. What do you mean? It's a mistake? In a way, yeah. It's murder. Murder? You're crazy. Am I? Oh, maybe I. She'd never kill herself, would she? She had no reason to. When did you see her last? Night before I left for Philadelphia. When was that? Two nights ago, Tuesday. I left at five Wednesday morning. She was found Wednesday morning. What are you driving at, mister? When did you learn that she was seeing somebody else when you were out of town? Didn't know she was. Look, Corey, I'm not tossing suspicions around to see how they bounce off you. You're in a bad way, do you know that? You're telling me you think I killed her? Me? I loved her. I wanted to marry her. That's a motive, not an alibi. Get out of here, will you? Leave me alone. You aren't helping yourself with this act. You're making it worse. Get out of here before I do have a murder to answer for. Get out. Get out! Lieutenant DeRosa. This is Dollar, Lieutenant. Hey, I've been kicking myself for not getting your hotel yesterday. Well, I didn't have one then, but I got a few things to pass along to you now. Well, if it's the Sebastian thing, save him. What do you mean? It's suicide after all. How come? Autopsy report. There was concussion from that drop from the bridge, but that wasn't the cause of death. Now, wait a minute. Cause of death was from carbon monoxide. It looks like she pulled the suicide where it would embarrass somebody, and they tossed her in the creek to get her out of the way. Hello? You still there, Dollar? Yeah, I'm still here. This is where I came in. Rocky Jordan, written by Larry Roman and Gomer Cool, stars Jack Moyles in the title role with Jane Abello as Sam Sabaya, and is produced and directed by Cliff Howell. 
with original music composed and conducted by Richard Arunt. Remember you have a date next week at the Cafe Tambourine run by Rocky Jordan. Same time, same station. And the story is The Big Gamble. Want to get tomorrow's dinner off to a brighter, better start? Serve Del Monte Fruit Cocktail. Five luscious, colorful fruits mixed in perfect flavor balance. All ready to serve. For easy first courses, salads, and desserts, too. Keep Del Monte Fruit Cocktail handy. Larry Thor speaking. Rocky Jordan is presented over CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. <laughs> 